Hello again, friends. Welcome to another edition of The Nerd Table. I am Chris, joined by my companions as always, Dan, Eric. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Are you gentlemen? Uh, your base ever lend to us? You know, it's sad as I actually thought of that as the words were coming out. I'm like, he's good. Someone's going to make a reference and it's going to be Dan. <laughs> a good reference, though. I uh, yep. do well. Oh. How are you guys? Uh, You know, the usual tired, hungry. Stuffed up. Stuffed yeah, up. Yeah, allergies bothering me. Yeah, it's, that's that's my typical yeah. life now. It's that time, I guess. It is allergy season. It is allergy season. It's always allergy season. Just but. another reason to stay home. Almost yes. like uh, COVID never ended. <sighs> yeah, well. So well, I was some like, of us, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been the longest two fucking weeks. <laughs> Unfortunately, hey, and a half. Very quickly, hey. a year and a half. Hey, for me, it ended. I got the vaccine. I also got the vaccine. In fact, in fact, almost every place around me doesn't have mask mandates anymore. So you don't even you hardly ever see them. So it's it really is just like everything went back to normal. And this is shocking to me. But at, well, not really shocking to me because I am a science guy. Shocking to other people. But did you know that in areas where people got vaccinated, COVID numbers dropped significantly? Holy shit. It's almost like they knew what they were talking about. Almost like science makes sense. I was watching this really great video. It was uh, it was a Neil deGrasse Tyson video, which are some of my favorites. But he's talking to uh, biologist Richard Dawkins, and they were discussing how to combat what they call anti-science in society. You've heard the term science deniers, the people who just like just don't want to believe in science. Yeah, which, unfortunately, which to me is funny because like how they worded it is science doesn't care what your beliefs are, what your opinion is. Science is right, whether or not you believe it. And that's one of my favorite quotes. Well, something I heard they were discussing is uh, where do the anti-science, anti-vaccine, etc. What What's actually sparking that? And one of the things they said, and this made me laugh hysterically, was that it's a failure of the American education system. And can you think of a truer description? You know, I can't blame it just on the education system either, though, because they do teach science in school. Like, some of these people are just fucking idiots. They think they know better than all the previous studies that have been taken place for whatever subject. They're just so, like, no, that's not what happened. This yeah. is what happened. I mean, that's just it. Like, this is how science works. A science paper gets published, right? Peer review journals. Your peers review it. They match up the science. Then they confirm or they disprove, right? And then they write a paper about that. So if a scientist publishes something like one of my all time favorite ones is always going to be that the earth is flat. Which is so easy to disprove scientifically, but people still find ways to get around that, right? Like there are live videos right now from the International Space Station showing how round our planet is. And people will just say that they're doctored or they're fake or well, that's not that's not real footage. 
Like they, there's a video on YouTube. These guys they attached a camera to a rocket and they launched a Walter White bobblehead into space. <laughs> and then the, it was it had a parachute on it, so when it came back down to Earth, they were able to track it down. You know, it had a tracker and everything. They launched it out in the desert, and then they they showed the video of like how high the rocket got before everything gave up and you know the balloons that were assisting and everything before they gave up that thing got pretty dang high you know how high it got it was literally in space and then pop here he comes you know what the best part about that video was the round earth in the background the obviously round earth (laughs) oh man i mean people are dumb i don't i don't know what else to tell you just I don't understand how this happened or how if, like if you work at Disney, you learn that yeah. people are very dumb. I wouldn't even say it's failure in the American system. It's the actual uh, direct positive and success of the American education system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's it's kind of sad, but like at the same time. And I've always said this before, like, you can have whatever opinion or belief that you want, but where I develop the issue is when you're telling me I'm wrong, you're using your opinions to manipulate laws that would control my life, or, in the case of the Flat Earth, you are flat out saying something that is wrong, that can be proven wrong, and you're just too stubborn to go along with it. That's why I'm I'm driven to open-minded people in all kinds of topics. People who can change their minds when presented with new evidence. It's kind of like, uh, to use a not-so-aggressive example, it's kind of like an opinion, Dan and I discuss this all the time, of professional wrestling and wrestlers who are talented in the ring and are considered good workers and how your opinions of them can change over time because you start noticing different things or you learn something different. When I was a kid, I thought Hulk Hogan was the coolest thing in the world. When I actually went to wrestling school and started learning how to put a match together, I learned that Hulk Hogan was pretty shitty. (laughs) It's just that he was good at hiding how good he was. You know, the match that made me a wrestling fan was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3. If I break that match down, knowing what I know now, it's actually a really awful match. If you look at it just that way. I still love it, but I can also destroy it. And I think a little bit of knowledge goes a goes a long way. In fact, they say, to stay on the science topic, that it's our actual knowledge and our of how we are as a society and how we are as a civilization and how humans act, which is why we have so many movies depicting aliens being hostile towards us. When the reality is an alien wouldn't give two craps about us. They'd be like, "Uh, another planet with idiots who still can't figure out how to get off of it. Next. Let's try another system. If they, they did better there. Look at these idiots. They're fighting each other over the color of their skin. And <sighs> and they've got borders. What the hell are borders? It's a bookstore. That- no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So what the hell? We are, we're not going to deal with them. The other thing is 
the uh, the concept of intelligent life or not intelligent life, uh, artificial intelligent life. If AI rises up, it'll wipe us out. Well, why do you think that is? We're, we're protecting. Just, what, what we yeah, what would pro- we do? That's what we're exactly. Doing. <laughs> They're going to look at us and be like, be like, oh, so should humans exist? Let's look at their history. Oh, damn. There's a the anime I'm currently watching, Yu Yu Hakusho, which I'm now in the final season of. There is a videotape, a video cassette. Member video cassettes. I member. And the video cassette has all of humanity's darkest moments on it. It's a compilation of everything that humanity has done that has just been horrible. And they show this cassette to demons. Demons see it, and their immediate conclusion is humanity must be destroyed. And that's why there are so many hostile demons towards humans. That is called self-awareness. So, I mean, with that said, what? Yeah. well, well, the, the conversation I wanted to spark up to start the show was going to be, what is one of your favorite... The flat earth thing is the one that gets me the most, but what's another like science denier thing that you've heard that is just kind of like it, it amuses you in a way like, oh, the earth is flat. That was the thing that we were taught in your history books, right? That like people used to think the earth was flat and then it was proved to be round. And now we're somehow regressing back to that, even though we're advancing as a technological civilization. Honestly, I can't really think of anything. I remember like in elementary school, there was this one kid who swear he didn't need to eat, that he can do plant things and just get energy from the sun. But I think he just watched a little bit too much anime. (laughs) (laughs) That's a possibility. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, all right, calm down, Superman. (laughs) Anime didn't exist when I was in elementary school. (laughs) I mean, I guess it was in middle school. It was it was definitely around when I discovered anime, so it's probably like okay, I'm gonna photosynthesize. <laughs> well, there's also I think a, a human, like with our human brains and everything, even the smartest among us, people have trouble comprehending statistics and coincidences, which is why you get these things where it's like, oh well, you know, obviously something good happened to me. Because uh, somebody, you know, I got an angel on my shoulder or whatever. Well, something good happened to you because coincidentally something good happened to you. Statistically speaking, it was likely that thing was going to happen to you. Those kind of things. Cause I'm, not disparag- I'm not disparaging, like, I'm not going to disparage anyone's religion. I'm not here to do that. I'm just saying that if we could understand coincidences and statistics a little bit more, we'd be much smarter as a society. And this, this comes from me watching all kinds of videos that like break down statistics and show you and like prove things to you. You've heard the, uh, the coin flip experiment, right? Uh, Take a thousand people, have them flip a coin. No, you ever heard this one before. Okay. You take a thousand people, you have them flip a coin. Anybody who flips tails sits down. So roughly about half the group is going to sit down on, after the first round and you keep doing it until you only have one person standing and people are going to think that person is somebody special, right? And be like, oh, yeah, that's that's amazing that you did that. No, it isn't. It's coincidental. You happen to be the guy that flipped the coin 10 times in a row and it landed on heads every time. Statistically possible. It just happened to be you. 
There's no, there was no miracle at work there. <laughs> One guy happened to do it, right? So, and somebody else was just the unlucky enough to flip tails the first time. And they're like, oh, well, I guess I'm part of the group that sits down now. I once had a coin flip heads over a hundred times in a row. There you go. Statistically possible. You know, it's not statistically possible. Fucking catching a shiny Mewtwo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They exist. Do they though? I don't think shiny Mewtwo exist. I don't think that there's there's literally a shiny of everything now. Yeah, look up shiny Mewtwo. He's he's there. Is he? He exists. Oh, yeah, he exists. He's got a green tail. Green instead of the uh, the purple. Oh, that's gross. I'd rather have that's not, Mewtwo. That's not shiny at all. <laughs> this is defective shiny Mewtwo. Mew blue. If you get a shiny Mew, it's blue. Why I, is I, it just shiny? Sparkles when it comes that's, out. It's just glittery. Yeah. Just, have you ever actually, like looked at some of the shiny versions of Pokemon and been like, it's super rare. I got a shiny. And then you look at it. You're like, this thing is hideously ugly. I don't want this. Why isn't it just shiny? <laughs> My first. Shiny Why doesn't it not have a spectacular coat of fur? <laughs> My first shiny, uh, shiny encounter was in uh, Gen 4, 5. Oh, no. And what was her name? It was it was a shiny Abra and it fucking teleported because of course it did. Out of all the Pokemon yep. that I could have encountered, it had to be an Abra, and I was just like, "Oh God, all right, go Great Ball." Because <laughs> what else am I gonna do? I mean, you can't. You have to like put it to sleep and then try to damage it, or it, that's the only move Abra knows is teleport. Yeah. So for people who don't know Pokemon. In the later games, they created a type of Pokemon called a shiny. It's the same Pokemon, except it has a different color palette. But the stats on getting it are so rare, rarer than like anything else in the game. It's like that they became super crazy sought after. Did you ever see the Tumblr thing? It's this guy going like, so my sister started up her game and was upset because her Mudkip was purple and it was the wrong color. So she reset it and was like, okay, good, now it's the right color. She thought there was something wrong with the game. And he's like, you idiot. Her starter was shiny? Her starter was shiny. Oh my god. I heard you like mudkips. And then there was the one where somebody was battling Latias and Latias. And one of them was gold. And they're like, what the hell's wrong with that one? Is it sick? Let me reset the game. Comes back, goes, okay, good, it's the right color. We're good. And they're like, you dumbass! Uh, I, I, I couldn't. Wow. But I totally get it. If you didn't know, then you didn't. Then you thought something was wrong. Uh, you know what? I actually haven't caught a lot of shiny Pokemon. Like it's it's not something that actually happens to me when I'm playing, which is unfortunate. I've only I've caught- never caught a shiny Pokemon in the actual games, but I've caught a ton of them in Pokemon Go. Yeah, right. Like Pokemon Go is like where you need to go if you if you want to get a shiny. Because they do events where shinies are more common. 
I caught a shiny Zubat once. <laughs> and, um, because it's literally the easiest one, I, in my opinion, to get. You just go to a cave and just fucking run around forever. You're, you're bound to run into a shiny Zubat. There's some sort of weird method where if you keep encountering the same Pokemon over and over again or whatever, it increases your chances of encountering a shiny version of that Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, the the easiest ones are basically Geodudes and, and Zubats. You just go to a cave. Or just Raditas. I got a shiny Radita. <laughs> well, wow. who the hell cares? Shiny Radita just looks like a Lolan Radita. You can't even tell. <laughs> I know. Hey, if you guys want to hear more of us talking about the Pokemons, I got this great show you guys can check out. It's called the Pokecast. Good plug. Good plug. It is a good plug. Uh, so we had a top 10 challenge this week. Yes. Yes, we did. Although it came from an email that I only got to read last week. But our friend Miranda wanted us to come up with a top 10 list for our favorite sidekicks. So to do my list personally, I decided to focus on because sidekick can be very broad. I went across the full spectrum, but I stuck specifically to fictional characters who were good guys or at the time of them being a sidekick were good. And unsurprisingly, my list comes from stuff that I'm a big fan of. Obviously. So how would you, would you guys want to do this? Should we do the 10 each, count down to one, or one list at a time? Because our lists are probably going to be different. I mean, I say that we do 10, count down to one. And if we do have similar ones, we just don't mention it until we get to a, a, that number. Okay. So why don't we start with Dan this time? Okay. <clears throat> My number 10 is Kato to the Green Hornet. Okay. Most specifically, the old TV show in the 60s where Kato was Bruce Lee. Nice. Wasn't Kato also the name of the Pink Panther sidekick? I mean, the guy that ran it would randomly attack him to keep him on his toes. Yeah. Was I that have no also idea. Kato? I definitely want to watch Pink Panther movies, but um, I don't know. They're hysterical. They're hysterical. I know Pink Panther started out with a different character in mind as the main character, but uh, Peter Sellers did so good that they made him. What did he become? A main character. Kato, but with a C. That's Kato. El Kato. All right, so I'm going straight through. Oh, no, no, no. I I guess... uh... Well, my number 10 is probably the most iconic sidekick, which is Robin. The Robin made the list, but he's still at the bottom of the list. (laughs) He's still at the bottom of the list. What is Robin? I I mean, you know, that's a good good question. I just picked Robin in general. Um, I didn't really go for which version. I just feel like when you think of sidekick... The first person that comes to mind is Robin from Batman and Robin. So, yeah. And that's why he shouldn't be number 10. Well, that's exactly why he is number 10, because he's kind of shitty for a sidekick, if in my opinion. 
He's not even on my list because I don't. Well, Rob... he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> now, to me, Robin doesn't make my list because he is. First of all, he's too obvious of a choice. Second of all, well, I don't like him. One. Well, I don't like him as a sidekick. I prefer Dick Grayson as Nightwing and I prefer Red Hood. So I don't want the I don't want the Robin sidekick. The only iteration of Robin I've ever really liked was the original animated Teen Titans. one. Other than that, he's been a completely different character. So. But this is your number 10 pick. So why why is he at the bottom of your list then? He's, at, he's the, at the top of dance. He's a. Uh, I don't know if he's. Are he actually at the top of your list? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, he's at the bottom of my list because he just doesn't feel like an important sidekick. Because Batman is still Batman without Robin. You know what I mean? That's like, actually a good. That's a good point. Actually, yeah. So it, it's it's kind of one of those things where like. The rest, actually, there's there might be like one or two more in here, but the rest of them are they complement their main person or their the hero or whatever you want to call it so well that they can't be defined without them. But Robin doesn't need to be there at all for Batman to be. Yeah, I've had a I have, I have one or two of those too, so I gotcha. All right, should we do my number ten? Yep. Nah, nah. Uh, nah let's go back to Dan. Number nine. All right. <laughs> as I just as I just killed the recording of the show and never upload the episode. <laughs> now no one gets to hear it. Damn it. So I went for a video game sidekick. Okay. Uh, this is somebody who was a villain in the first game and becomes an an unwilling sidekick in the second game but a very necessary way of beating the game. And that is GLaDOS the Potato from Portal 2. Oh, oh GLaDOS. Because... The part where she kills us. Yes. <laughs> GLaDOS is one of my favorite video game villains of all time. Portal is in my top 10 games of all time. Actually, when we do, when we do the big video game list that I want to do, um, I'm only including one of the Portal games for sake of variety. Although I could technically put them both together, and I might do that as a cheat, but well, I mean, to be fair, the first game's like ninety minutes. <laughs> first game's almost like a demo of what it could be, and then the second game's a full fleshed out game. Yeah, but yeah, I love the twist of Wheatley becoming the villain, and he becomes corrupted, and then Glados has to be your ally to stop him, and the whole sequence of her and the potato is hysterical. And how she has little Carolyn in her brain, and that helps her feel. And then the very end, she deletes Carolyn. <laughs> Goodbye, Carolyn. You know, my days used to be simple. I just tested. Nobody tried to murder me or stick me in a potato. I love that character so much. <laughs> so one of my favorite moments is this is the part where she's going to kill us. And then... Yes. He says it, and then like the the captioning comes on, and then the title of the chapter comes up, and then the achievement pops up, this and they the all just say, "This is the part where she kills us." <laughs> yep. 
There's also an achievement when Wheatley tells you to leap to your death. If you actually do it, you get like a five point achievement for it. And you hear him just go, oh, wow, that actually worked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So I went I went with the video game one. The only reason I can't put GLaDOS any higher is because everybody else on my list are always good guys. So by by default, she fell at number 10. Huh. All right. Back to Dan. All right. All right. Number nine. Ethel Mertz to Lucy Ricardo and I Love Lucy. That's a good oh, one. Yes, it is. Yes, because Lucy, Lucy and Ethel are a fantastic team. Agreed. That's a case of a sidekick enhancing the main character because Ethel makes Lucy funnier, even though Lucy doesn't need Ethel to be funny. What? It's, 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 I think it's the chemistry, yeah. It's the chemistry between them. Like, I need to go back and just rewatch I Love Lucy. We should do a list of our favorite, like, TV shows from before you were born. I mean, it'd be like I Love I Lucy and Bewitched. Like, honestly. It would have to be shows that. No, because I I don't. Uh, I, I don't know if I could do a, a 10 out of that, but. Or a Nick at Night syndication run when you were a child i mean stuff that like was airing when i was a child would end up on my list for sure but that would be what if we just did sitcoms because i grew up watching batman 66 it was on syndication when i was growing oh yeah i love batman 66 i don't know that could be a, a fun one the show had to have started before we were born so well, for Dan, that's 82. For Eric, that's 86. For me, that's 84. But that doesn't really. 85. There's not a huge gap in there. 85. Oh, yeah, you're 85. Sorry. Sorry, bud. Again. I was, I was close. I was close, damn it. <laughs> hey, for a long time, I thought Dan was 83. Well, I'm at the very end of the year, though, so it's not like it's I'm practically an 83. You are, you are almost 83. Yeah, it's like that's like if you were born. I was born in 1983. What day? December 29th. <laughs> OK, so you were alive for two full days. And I was alive for one. two full weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was born near the end of 84. So even though I'm an 84 birthday, I was only alive for Six a weeks, month and a years. half, a month and yeah. a half of 1984. So. so it's kind of ironic that you went for like a comedy duo because my number nine is Donkey. From Shrek. <laughs> from Shrek. It was I who fucked the dragon. <laughs> He's he okay. Shrek didn't need Donkey, but he needed Donkey. No. Like it was someone had to take care of the dragon, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that was like best friends that it were meant to be. <laughs> there, there's no other reason it. other than just Donkey. I mean, Eddie Murphy. Come on. I love Donkey so much. Okay, here's a here's a good one. Donkey or Mushu? Um, I think Donkey still. I think Donkey. I think it still has to go to Donkey. Yeah. Donkey's a better character. Mushu is funny character, but he's also pretty arrogant and it is he's very self-serving. It's also like a different character, right? Just like Donkey. Oh yeah. Donkey just wants to be a friend. Yeah. Donkey physically helps with what's going on. Donkey's also, yeah, Donkey's a hero. I mean, 
Mushu does good stuff too, but he is he's kind of thrust in the role. He has to. Donkey is just miraculously saved, you know, and he's just trying to be buds with the ogre that saved him. But Donkey is Donkey's hysterical because even in the Shrek sequels, the third one and fourth one where they start to diminish in quality, I still love Donkey. Yeah. So, yep, that is my number nine. All right, my number nine is Chewbacca. Ah. Ah. Chewie. He's such Ah. a great sidekick, he switches his main person. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, yeah. He's still just as loyal and good a sidekick. He is, yeah. Um, Chewie is lower than a lot of the other characters on the list, though, because a lot of the other characters I have can speak, except for two. So, and as great as a sidekick as he is, and as cool of a character as he is, he isn't as uh, as crucial to the plot as a lot of the other sidekicks that I've chosen. Yeah, but which he's is, like ride or die number one sidekick, bro. Right, but he, that's why he's on the list, but he's not higher on the list. But he's still in my top ten, absolutely. Yeah. I love Chewbacca. He's every Every movie he's in, he's great. I, I don't think we needed to to meet him in episode three, personally. Like, that was just a way to shoehorn in the Wookiees and be like, well, if we're going to have Wookiees, we have to have Chewbacca. I actually I actually really liked his role in Solo, just figuring out how he met Han and how they became friends. I liked that. Right. And how and he, it, it he had his friendship. chance to leave with his people. And he's just like, now nah, I got to help him. He was a fucking gotta badass. Uh, a badass um, sidekick from the beginning, dude. Yeah. I also love in uh, uh, episode seven when Han actually uses the bowcaster for the first time and he realizes how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give me one of these. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, you're, you're going to die tomorrow, but OK. But don't don't beat him in chess. <laughs> or you're done. Yeah, Chewy, <laughs> Chewy number win. nine. Let the Wookiee win. Yeah, Chewy number nine. <laughs> All right, so my number eight is Samwise Gamgee to Frodo Baggins' Lord of the Rings. Yep. He's that ride-or-die guy like Chewbacca. Is somebody very important to him dead? Watch him and... God damn it, he's going to watch Frodo. <laughs> he said, don't let him out your sight, Samwise Gamgee. Without Samwise Gamgee, the mission would have failed and the world would have been doomed. He literally picks him up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't remember. He's like, I can't carry it for you, but I could carry you. So that ring is 100% a Horcrux. Obviously. Yo, yeah. It oh, yeah. His only Horcrux, though. That's <laughs> yeah. <a little> <laughs> only loser. made one. Killed millions of people. Only made one Horcrux. Dumbass. <laughs> He's just like, ah, I only need one. <laughs> it can only be destroyed in a specific way. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> they have to go right into my neighborhood to do it. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> uh, yep, damn. without Sam, they would have lost, so yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, my number eight is Bender. I I considered I, Bender yes, as a sidekick, but... The, the reason he didn't make my list in the end was because I don't see him as too much of a sidekick. I actually associate Freilila and Bender as triple protagonists. See, I I think you're right in a way, but I think the initial story was supposed to revolve around Fry, right? And Bender is such a huge help to Fry. And... <laughs> And Bender's one weakness is being friends to Fry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally his only weakness. But he goes and helps him anyway, because he's a badass sidekick. <laughs> and Dimaggio is like the voice of sidekicks, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah. he's Jake. Yeah. Jake in Adventure Time. Oh, damn, I forgot. Mm. Well, no, not making my list now. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Been the human and Jake the dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's a... I, I like Adventure Time. I haven't seen all of it, but I've liked I haven't seen I have any to. of it, but... It's good. I haven't seen it at all, though. I, I made it to the very fucking depressing Ice King episode. <laughs> and all I've like, seen is like videos of lemon grab. So, yeah, it's a it's a very unique cartoon. I it's say that. friggin' weird, but it's entertaining as hell. Yeah, I take it that laugh means you know exactly what episode I was talking about. Of course, I do. This is like I didn't make it. Shit. I didn't make it far, but I did make it that far. <laughs> I'm just like. Ugh. This show's going to make me cry. All right. That's cool. I guess I'm going to go watch something else now. <laughs> oh, well, if you watch shows that, that aren't going to make you cry, why the hell are you watching Futurama? Oh, dude. Futurama. I, wow. F- Futurama might be the cartoon that has made me cry actual physical tears the most. Right? And it's supposed to that be That show wrecks me. That's why, it's one of, that's why it's one of the best shows of all time. In my- Just... All I have the dog episode, dude. The dog the episode dog and the brother any brother episode. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> or he thinks the entire episode his brother just stole his life, and it's no, it's your. No, he dedicated his he dedicated his son's life to his missing brother, and you're just like son of a fucking bitch. Why? <laughs> oh man. Hey, Fry, I got his wedding ring. Fry, I think we should leave Fry alone right now. (laughs) That's the thing, right? Everybody talks about Jurassic Bark, but people don't give enough love to Luck of the Fryish. Yeah. Luck of the Fryish is just as emotionally draining as Jurassic Bark for a different reason altogether. Yeah, you take that roller coaster with him. It's... uh... I know it's rough, but good choice, though. Oh, the Ron Cole record vault. Good choice, though. I love Bender. Yep. Is that are we we're still on Bender, right? Um, yes, yeah. we're still on Bender. <laughs> okay. I love I love that Bender is Mexican and he's also only four years old. 
Uh, and his real name, his full name is Bender Bending Rodriguez. <laughs> Bender, think of the senoritas. Vamanos. <laughs> I just love when they're like, wait, Bender, you're only four years old. He's like, lovable little scamp ain't I as he drinks beer and smokes a cigar. <laughs> uh, they either gotta drink beer or, or mineral oil. I could bend a girder to any degrees. 40 degrees, 42 degrees, you name it. 41. <laughs> But I couldn't go on living when I found out what the girders were used for. What was that? Suicide booths. Ah, oh, that show's brilliant. <laughs> nice to meet you, Fry. I'm going to go kill myself. <laughs> Dude, right off the bat, that show was dark with humor. Oh, and then there's there's other episodes, too, like in the future when Fry, like, he, like, not that he goes back in time, but it's like a dream sequence with his mom where he gets to just spend one last day with her. Just like, God, stop wrecking me. Freaking show. You're supposed to be funny. Go back to the Bender antics. Right? Let's go already. <laughs> Ooh, marvelous. <laughs> All right. Uh, my turn? Yep. yep. <clears throat> All right. At number eight, I'm s- seriously debating which one of these characters I wanted to include. It was either going to be Ron or Hermione. In the end, I chose Hermione. Even though she is more obnoxious than Ron, she proves to be a more valuable companion than Ron. She's more, more practically. She's more practically useful. Practical in use. And I didn't want to include both of them in sidekick roles. Hermione does stay a sidekick for the most part. But Ron actually has some moments where he is clearly not the sidekick. And Hermione's actually sidekick to him. So for sidekick purposes, I went with Hermione Granger. And that's a good case of character development, too, where she does start off. She is kind of bossy and know-it-all-ish and everything, but she's also overcompensating for her heritage. Which is one of those things, right? It's like, yeah, Hermione is muggle-born, but she's the best student in our class. And then we've got this pureblood named Neville, who's just a clod. Even though Neville has a great redemption angle, it's that's supposed to be the angle there, the, the status angle. Yeah, she didn't come from the magical background, but she overcame it and became the best in her class. Also, which one of those three actually went back and finished their education and graduated from Hogwarts? Because Harry and Ron sure as hell didn't. I mean, he just went straight to being horrors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... They didn't really have to go back, <laughs> like, to be perfectly honest. Like, hey, uh, just to FYI to everybody, I defeated the Dark Lord, so you're welcome. Hermione probably didn't need to go back. They probably, yeah. She could have done whatever she wanted. <laughs> he chose to go back, yeah. All right, so yeah, I, I, I went with Hermione Granger. Okay. I don't think there's much more to be said there. No, right, solid so number choice. seven. Seven time. I'm going to go with Sarah Jane Smith to the Doctor, specifically the third and fourth Doctor. Is that your only Doctor Who companion? On this list, yes. Okay. So do you then believe that she is the best companion? Uh, Best of the classic, yes. Okay. Um. There's still, there's, I mean, 
Clara and uh, Donna from Modern Show. Oh, Donna. Right. Just, Dude, yeah. Donna's ending. Like, let, let's take a moment because we were just talking about episodes that make you cry. Fucking Donna never knowing that she was the doctor's companion ever again. Yeah. And if she ever gets any inkling of it, her brain will explode. So even all of her family members who know who the doctor is can't do anything. Yep. Say anything. Can do. So Sarah Jane Smith uh, was so uh, in with the doctor that at one point the doctor just offhandedly says, oh, I'm the doctor. This is my best friend, Sarah Jane. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Good choice. She shows up in a few uh, uh, in the newer episodes, too. Yep, there's the what is it, school re- school reunion or whatever is the story. It has Anthony Head in it as the bad guy. And then she had her own side series for a while. And unfortunately, Elizabeth Sladen died. I loved the uh, I loved her in the new DuckTales because she's magic at Dispel and David Tennant is Scrooge. Oh, she's magic at Dispel? Yeah, I love that that was the the casting choice that they went with. But I was not a fan of her on The Office. Oh, you mean, um, yeah. I I didn't care for... Yeah, I didn't care for that character. Nellie or whatever. Yeah, I, I did not care for that character. Apparently I'm not alone either, so... Oh, that would be a fun top 10, too. That your least favorite characters from your favorite shows. We eat, we do like a list of our favorite shows, and then we pick our least favorite character from each show. <laughs> I, I think know. I kind of turned around. I, I kind of I liked it by the end. Because I know who my least favorite character on The Office is. It wouldn't be her. But I, I know, 100% know who it is. I know who my least favorite Parks and Rec character is. I know who my least favorite Big Bang Theory character is. Simpsons. Yeah, I've got a least favorite for everything. That could be a fun one. Just bury all the worst characters your from the show. Bottom character. Yeah. Your bottom character from a top show. Ah, uh, let's. All right, hold on. I want to jot these down and my little document here. So, what was the first one that we mentioned that we wanted to do? I don't know. Uh, Listeners, yeah. please write this down. I th- <laughs> yeah, for real. This is why I, I need to. I, th- I just heard the least favorite character on your favorite shows. Yeah. No, there was one we were talking about earlier that we wanted to do. Oh, God. And I don't remember it now. I can't remember. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we'll re- listen to this, I guess. Sure. Eric, <laughs> while you're editing, just find that clip real quick and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, It'll be so... within the first 40 minutes of the episode, if that helps. I, I guess we're on to uh, my number seven. Yes. Waylon Smithers. <laughs> I considered him for my list. Yeah. I considered him. <laughs> Waylon Smithers. You want to talk Smithers. about a sidekick? Right? Like, uh, talk about, like, be, just wanting to do anything for your partner. Pun there intended. is a man Pun called intended. Mr. Burns. <laughs> I mean, would Mr. Burns be alive, number one? Or as powerful if it wasn't for Waylon Smithers. Uh, 
Powerful could be debated alive. That's a solid answer. Smithers has kept that man alive for way longer than he needs to be. I love what he's what he's what he's baby feeding him when Burns is laid up in bed after Homer punches him out the window and he's like, here comes the endangered condor. Like he's. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Sm- Smithers, I dreamed about her again. You know that one where you're in bed and they fly in through the window? <laughs> well, people like dogs, Mr. Burns. Oh, dogs are idiots. Think about it, Smithers. If I came up to you and started licking your face and sniffing at your crotch, what would you say? Um, if you did it, sir. <laughs> I love, I always love the Smithers innuendo that they throw out there, too. Or the one that was in the episode where uh, Homer moves in with the gay guys and he's in the gay neighborhood. And he's talking to Homer and the guys go by. Hey, Waylon, is that that Mr. Burns you're always talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Or the uh, the one where with John Waters playing the gay guy and he's taking the family out and then Smithers shows up. He's like, John, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, just a yeah. So this is your sick mother, huh, John? Don't do this to me, Waylon. <laughs> uh, I love Mr. Smithers. I considered a couple of Simpsons characters for my list, but ultimately I didn't go with any of them. But if I were going to choose a sidekick from the Simpsons, that is the quintessential sidekick. Right. I mean, yeah. like, what do you do? Like, the best ones was in two episodes before he became evil, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Sideshow Bob was, yeah, Sideshow Bob's no longer a sidekick. The only other true sidekick character on The Simpsons is probably Milhouse. Yeah. Milhouse is definitely a sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great character, too. All right. Good, good choice. For my number seven, And you can debate about whether or not this character is considered a sidekick. But ultimately, even after he is no longer under his power, he's still in a sidekick role. And that's the genie from Aladdin. Yeah. More specifically, the Robin Williams one, which was also really good under Dan Castellaneta. Genie is the shit. Like, if I was going to have any sidekick... He's a wingman style sidekick. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, you got this? Go, go. You you need to be a prince? Pop. There you go. You're a prince now. Go. Yeah, hey, I can't make people fall in love. Oh, but can you make me a prince? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you the princiest prince that ever prince, son. <laughs> He basically created an entire fictional nation with fictional servants and everything. <laughs> he can't bring people back from the dead, but he can manifest people out of thin air. So at that point, I would have just been like, make me a friggin' girlfriend. <laughs> make me a girlfriend who will love me unconditionally, no matter what. Like when Fry built the Lucy Lubot. It was programmed to just love him. And all I ever wanted to do was make out with him. Man, this, uh, yeah. this list, after number six, it gets serious from five to one for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but we'll see. Uh, let's do uh, Let's do Dan's number six. Number six is Bucky to Captain America. We're talking OG Bucky's little kid in the comic books. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Before the arm. 
Yes. <laughs> well, we're talking when he's actually yes. When he's actually a sidekick. Although in a lot of ways he was playing sidekick role on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, I mean, he, he's Captain America. You're still just Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. LOL. How, how much for the arm? Not for sale. Oh, I'll get that arm. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, Bucky, yeah, he's that's a, a good he's pick. A great pick, great pick. He's, I mean, he's essentially the Robin to Batman for Marvel. So, yeah, I can see that. Th- there's only one problem with him being a sidekick: is that a good sidekick would not flirt with your sister. And I, I just can't see, like, or would a really good sidekick make sure your sister doesn't end up with a scumbag? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Eric, do you have a sister? I do not. Well, I mean, I do, but I don't have a younger sister. Well, neither do I. That wasn't the point, though. I honestly, <laughs> she's 15 years older than me. And by the time I was able to have memories, they were all out of the house. Yeah. So I'll, I, I, I was uh, my best friend in high school. Out. Yeah. You were a change of life baby there? I was, uh, yes, oh were. crap, I could still have kids, baby. They, <laughs> they, yeah, they thought they were out. Yeah. And then the rubber broke one night. Yeah, my, my good friend, my old coworker, Justin, him and his twin brother, Jay. Uh, they were they were the surprises to their parents. They already had three kids. They were all older, and then all of a sudden, here come the twins. <laughs> and it's like they're, they're ten years younger than their next oldest sibling. So, yeah. So by the time you know who you, fully, you know and uh, re- realize who your siblings are, they're gone or about to be yeah. gone. But they actually do live together now. So, yeah, yeah. The uh, the two of them and their one brother own the house, and their mom lives with them. So they they get to be a family now. <clears throat> See, All right. works out. Number six for me is Silent Bob. I had thought about it. Yeah, like, he's actually which, on my honorable mention list. Which one is the actual sidekick, though? And like, I mean, you got to go. Jay's the one that talks, so. Yeah, Jay's the talker, right? So you have to you feel like he is the main character because he's the main voice. He's like the only voice. But Silent also, Bob keeps him in line. Silent Bob makes sure he's doing the right shit. When you say you don't say Silent Bob and Jay. Right. You you, you say Jay and Silent Bob. So yeah, Silent Bob's on my honorable mention list. The only reason I didn't put him on my top 10 was because I considered both Jay and Silent Bob to be sidekicks. Right in their respective roles. But at the same time, they're also not really sidekicks to anybody They They just exist in movies with other duos, but none of those duos truly have sidekicks because when you, when you look at oh, the uh, duos, yeah, yeah. Clerks duo, Mallrats duo, uh, even Dogma is, I mean, with Dogma, the, the duo with the bad guys, but the duo with the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, ch- chasing Amy. Those are that's a duo. That's I a mean, group of duos. Yeah, that There's yeah, like a bunch is. of duos in that. Yeah, and then eventually they get their own movie. But no, I I would I would understand that side 
I almost said sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob. Bob. <laughs> I show Bob. So like <laughs> um. silent Bob. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Silent Bob is definitely the sidekick because he does. Even though he might be smarter than Jay, he follows everything Jay does. Let's be realistic here. He's a sidekick. Yeah. That's a good choice. I like that. I, it, it it was from here on out, man. It was really hard to rank them. Yeah, it gets it gets kind of hard too. But uh, I have my number six is definitely it, it's definitely a sidekick. Could be also be considered a companion. Although this character does become the protagonist in the future games that he stars in. Where I know him is as a sidekick, and that's Yoshi. Okay. Yoshi is a valuable sidekick to Mario. <clears throat> yeah. Arguably valuable. more valuable than his friggin' brother. Yeah. So and, he's not he's not on the same screen at the same time as his brother until just now in the games. So have you seen any of the and and for Smash Brothers Ultimate when they would do the character reveal trailers, right? There were there was great Great game stuff involved with them. Um, some of them were actually kind of dark, like in the, the Ridley trailer. It's Samus, Mario and Mega Man kind of skulking on a platform and something takes out Mario and Mega Man in the back. And then Samus is forced to confront Ridley. You're like, oh, that's dark. And then the rest of them are kind of lighthearted, right? Like, OK, so, yeah, Ridley took these guys out of the equation to go after Samus. But that doesn't mean that Ridley killed them. And the rest of them are lighthearted, like. The Ken, the Ken reveal trailer with Incineroar is just a wrestling match where Ken kicks Little Mac's ass and then Incineroar kicks Ken's ass. And the other ones, you know, King K. Rule shows up and does his thing. Um, the Isabel one, Isabel's not an aggressive fighter, although I've concluded in Smash Brothers that because I've seen Isabel, Kirby, Pikachu and Jigglypuff kick so much ass and destroy characters three times bigger than them that the next time they need an adventure game with protagonists, just use the four of them. That's all you need. Just use them, and they will stop everybody. Ganondorf, done. King K. Rule, done. Bowser, done. Just cut a tree up on top of them. Why are these little circle things destroying me? (laughs) Two two small yellow characters, two small pink characters, just let them go. And everybody else is done. They will save the world. Mario, Link, Samus, they will be bowing at their feet. And I did that tournament, that my little my Smash Brothers tournament, where it's like, let's have all the female characters fight. And the friggin' the semifinals both had Jigglypuff and Isabel, who both only lost on practical technicalities. And it's like, son of a bitch, they're destroying everybody. <laughs> and then there's Pikachu, and I'll need to explain why Pikachu's savage. And then there's Kirby. And anyone who's ever played Smash Brothers against someone who knows how to play as Kirby knows Kirby will destroy. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, so that's all that's all you friggin' need. Okay, so here comes the reveal trailer when they were gonna include Simon and Richter from Castlevania, right? Do you know what did you have you seen this reveal trailer? It's Luigi with his Luigi's mansion, his uh his vacuum pack on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's in he's in the Castlevania castle, and friggin' death shows up with its scythe and murders him. Flat out murders him. The soul comes out and everything. And then here comes Simon, they fight, here comes Richter, they fight, and the end scene. 
ghost just floating there in limbo. Luigi died. <laughs> they, they killed off okay? Luigi in the trailer. <laughs> Luigi is dead. Not an ambiguous thing where, oh, Mario and Mega Man got taken out. No, Luigi flat out 100% died. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Luigi is dead. D-E-D, dead. So, yeah, give me Yoshi. <laughs> give me Yoshi. Plus, Yoshi, Yoshi and Kirby are relatable characters to me because they eat everything. Also, Yoshi is ride or die literally in both Literally right. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite memes, and I, I I laugh every time I fucking see it, is uh Mario jumping over this cliff, he's not gonna make it, and he jumps off Yoshi, and the moment he yeah. does it, you just hear Hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and dude, yeah, I and laugh. Yoshi just looking up like <laughs> like what? you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've done that before. I've ditched Yoshi to get over a pit. <laughs> Everybody's done it. You've all done it. It gives but, you quite a boost. So, I mean, it's it's there for a reason, and it's there on purpose. Oh yeah. By the way, Yoshi is my ride or die in Mario Kart. Even though they've added all the, even though I can play as Link or Isabel or the Inklings in Mario Kart Eight, <clears throat> I will still pick Yoshi. And you can pick different color Yoshis too, which is great. Except if you pick certain color Yoshis, the the announcer's like black Yoshi. Like, okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> it's oh, it's but the yeah, only yeah, one I where love... having different color Yoshis actually makes sense because there's always been different color Yoshis, right? Well, in the original Mario world, you could get different color Yoshis, and they all had different powers. If you got the red one, it could breathe fire. The blue ones could fly. And the yellow ones had that stomp move that could take out anything. And then in the uh, – but regular green Yoshi is the the OG, the OG. The default Yoshi. No special powers for you. You just hatch faster. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, but give, give, me, give me a little Yoshi. That's a that's a that's a uh, goat video game sidekick in my opinion is Yoshi. In fact, all the rest of my characters are from movies and TV shows. That was my last video game sidekick. Okay. I I mean that's he's one of the best companions, but we got to get into top 5 territory now. Ooh. Top 5, top 5, top 5, top 5. Number 5. Barney, my fruity pee balls. Barney Rubble. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gee, Fred. Now you could go to you could have gotten two options here. You could have said Rubble or you could have said Gumble. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barney Rubble, the Fred Flintstone on the Flintstones. Barney's literally only there to piss off Fred. I feel like that was our whole dynamic. Oh, gee, Fred, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not sleeping with your wife. It's a cartoon remake of the Honeymooners. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it is. Uh, I still love, I still love the Flintstones. I love the Flintstones meet the Jetsons to watch them, like, it coexist in each other's timelines. I always found that to be just a fun little movie that they did. Oh, have you seen the meme that, uh, because of timing on that stuff, that means that George Jetson is being conceived around now. Yes. Yeah, Hannah posted it. Yeah. yeah. 
And she said, well, I guess I got to go find a guy named Jetson. <laughs> oh, my God. Hi, Hannah. Hey, Hannah. We, we have convinced Hannah that her life is infinitely better that, since Eric and I came into it. She goes, you guys are certainly an experience. <laughs> <laughs> she loves us. Yeah. No, that's a good choice. I like I like Barney. Yeah, Barney's good. All right. My number five was already mentioned, but you got to bring it back up. Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Yeah. What would Harry be without Ron? Ron Bruno is <laughs> like, yeah, Hermione is great and is the sidekick of sidekicks. But Ron is basically Harry's like best friend. Only friend. Only <laughs> friend he's ever had his entire life. So, I mean. Chess piece, man. Chess piece. <laughs> You know, just go back to the first time they meet on the train. Without Harry, Ron would have been really. Ron. Harry just showed. Harry's just like, hey, I got money. I'm going to buy the whole trolley. And he does. Oh, man. Just like that. It's just. He's the perfect wingman, even though he ends up going for like the sister, but whatever. <laughs> like, it, it's all around. Great sidekick. Helps him in every situation. Yeah. I, I really have nothing else to say about that. You know, I'll, I'll co-sign with you on that one. Even though he didn't end up making it onto my list, I totally support where we have Mr. Ronald Weasley. And to think the forgotten youngest son of a ginger family becomes one of the most important characters in all of Harry Potterdom. Who else in there was actually as important as Ron? None of his brothers did anything as important. It was Ron and Ginny that saved the day. Yep. Now I'm interested to know who your number five is, Chris. Well, we already talked about this character, but we'll circle back to him real quick. And that was Samwise Gamgee. Because as we already said... Frodo would have failed without Samwise. I don't think we need to touch on it anymore. No. <laughs> Frodo would have failed without Sam. End of, end of discussion. <laughs> uh, Dan, why don't you tell us your number four? Number four. This one has already been discussed, and it is Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. I, I feel like the top of our list of, are just going to be... Is where the repeats are coming in. All right, Eric, what's your number four? <laughs> My number four is also Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that was easy. <laughs> all right. Oh my God. So, all right. For my number four, let's actually talk about a character we haven't talked about yet. And that is... Willow Rosenberg from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Willow, you know she was she was gonna be an honorable mention for me. Yeah, there's I, I understand why, yeah. So Buffy has a lot of companions throughout the show. The two main ones are Xander and Willow. Now Xander's a very important character, but he doesn't actually develop anything more than just being a human. I mean, he doesn't gain any powers or do anything, but he's still a valuable member of the team. But Willow, in season one, Willow is this shy, nerdy, outcast girl who's really, really socially awkward. 
by the end of the series, she is one of the most powerful witches that you will contend with. She is powerful. And <clears throat> I think that without without Xander, Buffy would have made it, but Buffy would not have made it without Willow. Buffy needed Willow. There were times when Willow absolutely saved the day. So, given the choice between Xander and Willow as the best sidekick, I have to go with Willow. Agreed. And there are there are a lot of Buffy uh, fandom lists, collections, discussions that all collectively agree that Willow is the best character in the entire series. Even over Spike, people still pick Willow. And it's really, really hard for me to argue against that. Because I can't think of a better character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer than Willow. As far as character development, as far as just being a badass, as far as having some of the most memorable scenes, when she gets emotionally wrecked, you feel with her. She gets super powerful. She, there's a the vampire form of her that we meet, which is hysterical. And then Dark Willow is just insane. She flays a guy. She flays him. Just flays him. She's done. She's done with his shit. So she just rips his skin off. In one fell swoop. You want to mess with Willow? I ain't messing with Willow. All right. Top three time, Dan. Indeed. My number three is Dr. Jonathan Watson to Sherlock Holmes. Watson was going to get an honorable mention from me just for being the one of the one of the most historically recognized sidekicks. Yeah. Holmes and Watson, man, that's a that's a duo. That's a that is a sidekick you want on your side. Good choice. What is um in in the iterations of Doctor Watson? Which one has been your favorite? Ooh, um, I haven't really watched any of the old Basil movies. Basil Rathbone is uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So. Like for me, it's most it's been mostly just the Sherlock show. Um, I've read all the books and short stories. That's that's where I base this from. From okay, but uh, do yourself a favor if you haven't seen it. Watch the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Okay, yeah, that is well for anybody listening. Do yourselves a favor if you have Disney Plus. Go watch that. It is a criminally underrated Disney movie. In fact, I would wager it's the most underappreciated Disney movie out there. It came out at, like, just the wrong time. Because it was, yeah, because Little Mermaid hadn't It was, like, right yet. before Little Mermaid. And Little Mermaid did the re- started the renaissance, yeah. But, but it's so good. Vincent Price is the villain. So, come on. Professor Radigan. Professor Radigan. But, yeah, the uh, their take on... on on Holmes and Watson is... It's so funny, because they, like, they're the little... <laughs> Mouse hole at 221B Baker Street. <laughs> That's like the best, the best reference too, is they are on Baker Street. <laughs> they are they inside the house, the same house, but they're you know a mouse hole. <laughs> I have not seen the Sherlock series. I really want to watch it though. Oh, it's very good. And I, I like that. Yeah, it's only like three episodes a season, but each episode is the length of a movie. So. It's like you're just getting a long movie series, and I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Faux show. All right, <clears throat> my number three 
R2. R2D2. Yeah. R2D2. Okay, you know what? Hey, you want to just go ahead and combine our, our number threes? My number three is R2D2. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do this together. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, no, like R2D2. Let me tell you, like, for Luke, literally the best fucking sidekick. He in order to keep a secret, he shut himself down, man. Like he's just like, nah, I don't want to be found. Okay, I got you. And he just shut himself off. Yeah. He did. R2 is the most loyal companion. Also, R2 knows everything. Yeah. And he, everything he keeps that, that shit happened. as a secret, bro. Like he doesn't tell nobody nothing. He's like, hey, you're I know who your dad is. <laughs> you're on a strictly need to know basis, 3PO, so shut up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Fucking perfect companion. He knows everything that's yeah, going on. He's- He's great. R2 is actually my favorite Star Wars character. Like, and he's he's been my favorite Star Wars character for a really, really long time. Dude, and everything I, he says is a swear, dude. I know. Just beep, beep, beep. <laughs> actually, what's funny about that is of all the characters in that movie that would swear a lot, I would 100% believe it would be. Oh, because he does swear at 3PO. How many times did 3PO tell him, watch your mouth? What did you call me? <laughs> like, like <laughs> you know he is cursing. He's had enough of 3PO shit. Oh, yeah. He is cursing him out. He's just had it. Can you imagine what's going through R2's head when he first, like, lands and gets discovered by Luke? And then he's just like, uh, how the fuck did I end up with another Skywalker? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, yeah, I love R two D two though. Plus, I well, I, I have a soft spot for uh, for cute companions, and even though he is a droid and doesn't have any like physical humanistic characteristics, you can't argue with me that R two D two isn't a. There's no argument you can create where I would be like, you are correct. Nope, you're wrong. The second you tell me R two D two is not adorable, you're already wrong, and I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but BB-8 is like twice as adorable, though. BB-8 is twice as adorable, but BB-8 is just—he doesn't have the the R2 staying power. He that, doesn't uh, have BB-8 the personality. There's, there's R2's got this personality. Like BB-8 is kind of BB-8 just, is confused. BB-8 was yeah. <laughs> BB-8 was created to be cute and be there and be a new addition. R2D2 helps hold the trilogy together. R2D2 is an essential character. R2-D2 is the greatest Swiss Army knife ever created. Yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, you know what? Uh, I can honestly say that without R2. Well. Let, let's go way back. Without R2, the Empire never would have existed. <laughs> and without R2, balance would never have been brought to the for, uh, to to the universe. So it's his fault, <laughs> but also a reason why things could become better later. Yeah. <laughs> R2 had foresight. He knew that. He had <laughs> to like, make oh, things work before they get better. Plus, being a droid in the Star Wars universe actually kind of has to be rough, because at least as a human, you get to die. As a droid, as long as you're still maintained, you're around for a long time, so you Where's get to see all kinds of stuff. feel pain because they scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that makes it really dark. Just a... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Plus, if I if I 
just created a bunch of R2, R2 sound effects. Everybody would know who that is, even if they don't know Star Wars. Everybody's heard R2 noises. Same way with the chewy roar, too. Like, that's an identifiable... That's an identifiable noise, so... Good choices. All right, so that's number three for me and Eric. Yeah. All right, Dan, back to you. It was both of ours (laughs) and number threes. That's funny as hell. I love it. And number two, I have a real-life sidekick, and that is Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson. That's a good one. There's so many good, like, talk show-style sidekicks that you can consider, too, but that's probably the best one. I've never seen any of them, so I know the reference, but I I don't know the show. My my parents were big on Johnny Carson, so I watched a lot of Johnny Carson growing up. But of course, my uh, my my parents were bigger on David Letterman. So the sidekick I actually grew up on, was, but everybody knows Ed McMahon is the the OG. <clears throat> Ed McMahon's awesome. Is he anything like Vince? Vince McMahon? Jesus Christ, no. He's actually <laughs> likable. <laughs> I like to hear no, stories about Vince. <laughs> uh, do you really want to hear more stories about Vince? Eventually, yeah, because that it's a, he's a very entertaining person, it, it seems like. Uh, so my number two is is going to be Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> Krillin from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, Krillin. I love Krillin as a sidekick because even when he's got no fucking business being there, he's still there to help Goku. There is no fucking reason he should be in that fight with Frieza at all. Period. Right? He tries his ass off. Yeah, but he does it for Goku. He tries to fight Cell. And in case you're, you're watching... The uh, Dragon Ball series right now, aren't you, Dan? I haven't actually started yet. Okay. I might spoil some things in order to explain why he is, like, number one or number two. But um, he does die in the Dragon Ball uh, series, right? And in the rules for resurrection, you can't wish for the same thing twice. So if you bring somebody, wish can't be duplicated. yeah. So if you wish somebody back from the dead, if they die again, you can't wish them back from the dead, right? Now Goku doesn't know any of the rules for the Dragon Balls on Namek. They don't. He doesn't know that he can wish for the same things using different Dragon Balls. All he knows is that his best friend had already died once and he just died again on planet Namek because of Frieza and he loses his shit and we get Super Saiyan we got Super Saiyan because Krillin died Krillin MVP <laughs> you know what I'll, I'll throw in a Krillin statistic by, the, by Dragon Ball Super he's the strongest human on the planet Oh, by there is Ball no Z. human. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no human on the planet stronger than Krillin. Because the only characters stronger than Krillin are Saiyans, Namek's have Saiyan blood or are other species entirely like Majin Buu. Yeah, but but not he not Krillin. 
<clears throat> he does have one move, which is completely unstoppable if it makes contact. Unfortunately, it's never made contact with anybody ever. And that's Destructo Disc. Oh, yeah. That thing will no, mess you up. Is that actual true, though? Yeah. If it's never anybody, is it actually all that destructive? Yeah, if it if the edges of the destructo disc uh, the edges of the destructo disc can cut through anything it touches. It just has to touch. So you can catch it by the like the flat side and be fine, which is normally what happens, or it, it just misses altogether, which is also what happens. But it does cut through mountains like nothing. Um he uses very little energy to, to produce it. He's got, like, badass fucking techniques. It's just the only one that ever gets any use is Solar Flare. And I don't even think that's his. <laughs> Berlin is a good sidekick, though. Yeah. He's a good right. Sensu Bean holder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my number two is a character that nobody has mentioned and I know wouldn't show, turn up on any of your lists because he's from my favorite movie, not yours. And that is Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost from Hot Fuzz. Damn. What a fantastic sidekick he turns out to be. Can we just First say of all, Nick Frost? Just say Nick Frost. <laughs> <laughs> IRL sidekicks, yeah. Nick Frost to Simon Pegg. <laughs> Nick Frost to Simon Pegg, yeah. But of all of his roles, uh, Danny Butterman was my favorite one. Because he's in all the other Simon Pegg movies. Whether it's the Cornetto trilogy or even uh, Paul. He's a sidekick in that too. But he is... The reason why he works so well in this movie is because of what his role actually First of all, he's just a he's just a drunk idiot who tries to drive home and gets arrested by Sergeant Angel. And then the next morning when he goes to interrogate him in the drunk tank, he realizes that he's out of the drunk tank wearing a police uniform. Why are you dressed like a police officer? Well, because I am one. And uh, that always made me friggin laugh. <laughs> and, and then the best part is right after that, here comes uh, Jim Broadbent's character. He's like, ah, I see you've met my boy. It's like, son of a bitch. Not only is he a cop, but he's the freaking sergeant's cop. He's the chief's freaking son. And then all he wants to do is be a cop like he's seen in the movies. That's all he wants to do. I love that scene. He's like, have you ever fired a gun whilst jumping through the air? No. Have you ever fired one gun whilst jumping through the air? Have you ever been in a high-speed pursuit? Have you ever fired your gun while in a high-speed pursuit? Have you ever been shot? Have you ever been stabbed? <laughs> the best part is after he actually reveals that he's been that he's actually been stabbed and Danny moves his chair closer to him, just leans in. What's that like? <laughs> like he's so intrigued by this. And he actually gets him to sit down and watch cop movies, too. You want to watch Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I'd like more? No, no, no. I mean, which one do you want to watch first? <laughs> and then the best part is... In the finale, he gets to do every cop trope he always wants. He gets to fire his gun while jumping through the air. Two guns, in fact. He gets to be in a high-speed pursuit. He gets to do the part where he can't he can't shoot the bad guy, so he just fires it into the air. Like, he does everything. He gets to be the cop he always wanted to be. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's my favorite movie. 
uh, unquestionably my favorite movie. It's so good. So he had to be on my list. Although he's still not the greatest sidekick of all time. The very first sidekick I thought of made it to one spot, but we'll get to that sidekick. First, does anybody want to do some honorable mentions before we get to our number one? Because I've got a couple. I think you've mentioned like all anything that I had honorable mentions for minus one. I only have one honorable mention. Okay. Uh, what about you, Dan? Any honorable mentions? It's just been stuff you guys said. All right. Who's your other one? Uh, Rose from Doctor Who. Yeah. See, I'm surprised neither one of you said the pawns. I mean, eh. like, <laughs> okay, okay. I, I like them, but you know, they yeah. they live happily in your past life. There, there we go. Sure. Okay, so the honorable mention list for me was like we we talked about Donkey, we talked about Silent Bob. Um, other characters I considered were characters like Plucky Duck, Pinky. Although Pinky and the Brain aren't the main characters, you could also argue which one of them truly is the sidekick because. In a lot of ways, Brain needs Pinky, so. Um, well, there's that whole one episode where it's about, uh, actually, Pinky's the genius. You're the one that's insane. Yes. Uh, Grogu, just an honorable shout out for being adorable and being so memorable. But honestly, he doesn't do that much, and we still don't know the, his full story yet. So, but I had to mention him. My my number one honorable mention, though, was going to be the uh, companion cube just because <laughs> that's like the greatest thing ever they give you the cube with the little hearts on it and then you're forced to destroy it and then gladys mocks you for doing so <laughs> yeah, i'm like, I was like i don't get it and i'm like that's the point is yeah that's the point she's like this is a cube you fucking love it <laughs> you don't it's just a cube that's the point <laughs> <laughs> You just killed the only thing you loved. No. Yeah, that. Yeah. Goodbye, my only friend. Oh, did you think I met you? <laughs> yeah, but I, the companion cube's not an actual companion. And then, yeah, other characters we talked about are things that you guys mentioned. Legendary companions like Robin, Watson, etc. So. All right, let's do our number ones. All right. Number one. Dick Grayson Robin to Batman. Because if you look up in the dictionary, that's what you're going to find. He is the most iconic. He is. Okay. Um, My number one. Morty. Morty from Rick and Morty. Uh, so once again, Eric, we're going to combine our number ones. <laughs> <laughs> literally made to be Rick's companion. It's it's literally he 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 says it's like there's an entire society based upon it. Yeah, like it, it's he's got to be the perfect companion. So therefore, he is the perfect companion to Rick. Oh. <laughs> He's just so dumb, it offsets how smart. Yeah. Um, I still remember that one. I can't remember the name of the episode, but they um, took a whole bunch of Mortys and they wrapped them around the building to... And, and they were all in pain or whatever to, to, to hide what was going on inside that. 
That's the one where they uh, they actually introduce the evil evil Morty. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So when I was doing my list, and I was like, "Who is going to be the best sidekick of all time?" The very first name I thought of was Morty. Same. And I'm like, well, because here's the thing. I was think there's a lot of duos that came to mind, but like Doc and Marty, that's not really there's not really a sidekick there. Like Rick and Morty. Well, it's obvious who the sidekick is. Yeah, it's Summer. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Uh, right. Shut up, Summer, you bitch. <laughs> Summer, you dumb bitch. Oh, what, God, you want us to fall asleep during during the interdimensional cable, you dumb bitch? <laughs> yeah, okay, Rick. <laughs> yeah, but M- Morty is the uh, the quintessential sidekick in pop culture. Too. And that's the thing, right? Is like when Robin becomes important and he transcends his role of a sidekick, Morty has yet to actually transcend that role. Morty is still considered the sidekick to Rick, even when he does. Even when it's <laughs> does like, break out. yeah, even if it's a Morty episode, he's still just a sidekick to Rick. He's still just a sidekick to Rick. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just living his sidekick <laughs> life, and he needs Rick's help to fix whatever the fuck he just did. At the end of the day, it is all about Morty being, and I, I love that that was your one because as soon as you said Morty, I started giggling to myself because I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> But I was also not surprised that that was the top of your list because I was even thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if Eric is going to say Morty because of the two of you, which one of you would be more likely to Morty? Eric. <laughs> Definitely Eric. Dick, like, I mean, fucking Robin, though. I he, He's literally like the, the, the second person. I was just like, well, it's Batman and Robin. It's always been Batman and Robin. So I needed to get that out of the way. And I'm sorry it was your number one, Dan. Uh, I I get it, but I didn't want to put him on my list because I was never a big fan of Robin as a sidekick. I always preferred Robin in his own role or Dick Grayson in his own role. So that's why that's why I didn't put him on on my list. So I'm like, okay, yeah, he's an iconic sidekick, but I don't like him as the sidekick. I like Dick Grayson as Nightwing, and I like Robin in Teen Titans when he's the leader. So I couldn't justify having him on my list, but that I mean. I'm not surprised he was on both of yours. I'm not even surprised he was number one. It's Robin. What, like Dan said, when you think of sidekicks, who do you think of first? Robin. You think of, you think of John, do you think of, uh, uh, well, if you think of Bender, I think of Bender, but <laughs> there's a lot of companions you can come up with. And then when you think about other duos and stuff, like, like I went through a lot of Disney movies to try to come up with my sidekicks. And I'm like, well, my favorite Disney movie is Hunchback. But there's no sidekicks in there I'm going to nominate because the gargoyles are my least favorite thing about the movie. I don't hate them, but they're my least favorite thing. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph doesn't really have sidekicks. Ralph and Vanellope sort of become a, a unit. They sort of become a duo. And technically, Ralph is supposed to be the the villain, so it's not like him and Felix have a sidekick role going on, so I couldn't consider them. And I'm like, well, what about my, my next three movies? I'm like, well, there's Lion King. No good sidekicks there, because... Yeah, it's Timon and Pumbaa. And Timon they're, and they're Pumbaa. Together. It's they're together. together. They're a team. Beauty and the Beast, it's an entire castle of furniture, are the sidekicks. And I said, so who's left? Aladdin. I'm like, the genie, genie, genie. Like, that was the thing, right? Because, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love Iago. 
when he when he turns, he becomes the good guy. He's still an interesting character. The magic carpet's fun because it's a character that emotes without having the ability to emote. But at the end of the day, it's that damn genie that is just everybody loves the genie. And then another another like if we're we should I don't want to do this right away. I want to save this, but we should do uh, the best villain minions companions uh, villain sidekicks. Oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to jot that one down for the future. <laughs> I already know who my number one is. Harley Quinn. One. Uh, yeah, that was the Harley Quinn. Will, well, obviously, um, I've established that's my one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. But damn, I think you got me really well with the whole Nick Frost. <laughs> like you could have just said Nick Frost and we're like, yep, OK, that's fair. Like what, which movie? Pick one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like it's it's literally Nick Frost and Simon Pegg or um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> here's the combination. But I wanted to avoid IRL IRL things too. We could do that too. The best the best actual duos. Like, who are your favorite duos in pop culture? Well, Dante and Randall. Yeah. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob, yeah. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. I mean, there's, you could do a ton. Donovan Carter and Tim Burton. <laughs> and Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there, we could do it. We could do a ton of stuff with that. Uh, so yeah, so we've got your bottom character in your in your top shows, your villain sidekicks. Um, you know, it would be a fun one. We could always do lists of uh, characters from things that we weren't a big fan of, but we liked the char- a character from it. Come up with a list of that stuff. I mean, I, I automatically I think of certain TV shows I wasn't big on the show as a whole, but I was like, God, I really like that character. I just wish that character wasn't on that show. But there, there's a lot of stuff we can do. I can't think of any because, like, honestly, if the show's not good as a whole, I probably won't stick around to watch it. I mean, yeah, I get, I get, I get that factor. But you can, you can watch a show and not, and not be your favorite, but you're, you're watching it for a character. That is entirely possible. Like Barney from and How I Met d- Your Mother. <laughs> That's a good example, actually. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you could do with, uh. With, uh, with fictional characters and stuff like that. But we will accept more top 10 challenges along the way. And now we're going to do our Q&A for the week. So instead of doing an entertainment challenge, I wanted to try doing a Q&A. And the idea was that everybody in the group gets to ask a question. And the questions will be themed to a specific topic. This was going to be basically the AMA get to know you style. <clears throat> we didn't get a lot of a lot of immediate questions. So at the 11th hour, I opened it up for a free-for-all. So Brian Leon actually got three questions. Um, so these are going to be questions more personal, personally based to us. Although one of them is like a philosophical thing. I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to answer. But <clears throat> but let's do uh, let's do some questions here. And this one is from Brian. Oh, and the other thing was that I want to answer questions, too, so we could read them. So Brian's question is, what was the worst job all of you have ever had? While you guys think of the worst jobs you've ever had, I'll read his answer. 
His was working in a factory that made plastic pots for the greenhouse next door. 12-hour shifts, noisy and hotter than hell. And he was only one of two people that spoke English. He quit after a week. Don't blame you, dude. I think I remember when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah, no. Worst job I ever had, working at a McDonald's outside of an airport. Literally the first McDonald's that you see leaving the airport or the last McDonald's you see before you hit the airport. And I was in charge of drive through Yeah. Everyone's going through the drive through that that restaurant. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. No one's inside. No one is inside. <laughs> it was, yeah. No, it was the fucking worst. And I got paid like five seventy five an hour. Because it, Florida minimum wage at the time was like five fifty, And they're just like, we pay above minimum wage, like 25 cents. You need to calm your shit. <laughs> <laughs> when was this? When? Um, yeah. Let's see. I was a freshman. And so 1999, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so they're wrong. Then it was like 515 where I grew up. So, okay. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was the worst. And then after that, I went to work at GameStop, (laughs) (laughs) which was better, question mark. But you can say more positive things about that. Oh, yeah. I accidentally got the job at GameStop. It was one of those things where it was around Christmas time and I was on the shelf looking just for like uh, uh, just a game that I wanted to play. And I was, I just happened to be wearing the exact, like, dress code that they would be wearing. Like, I had khaki pants on because uh, I had, I needed khaki pants for uh, for the high school that I was at, and I had a black shirt, so it looked like I was already working there. And people were just asking me questions, and I was just not being an asshole and answering the questions. We're like, no, this game is kind of bad. This game is good. Blah blah blah. And then the manager is just like, hey, I need you back here. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't work here. It's just like, I know, I'm hiring you. <laughs> Do you want the job or not? I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ, that's the hiring process? Fucking right. Okay. Hey, I've gotten hired on the spot before. I've gotten hired on the spot uh, twice, actually. I got hired on the spot for, uh, no. No, Universal and Disney, both of those actual interviews were higher on the spot. When I went back to Disney after Universal, and when I went to Universal for my college, uh, I did get hired on the spot at Penn Vet Supplies, the warehouse I was at before now. I was at that for the past three years or so. That wasn't on the spot hire. The man- the manager met with me. We went over some stuff. He asked me some questions. I guess I answered everything he wanted. He goes, all right. He goes, I'm going to hire you pending a background. Right? Well, technically, that's hiring you on the spot, right? Because I knew I was going to do the background check. Yeah, yeah, that's true. As soon as, that, as soon as that cleared, he said, when can you start? And then uh, the hotel I was at before that actually hired me on the spot, too. I went in, I talked to them, and they needed the help. They're like, well, you've got the experience. They're like, how do you, how do, would you feel about starting on Monday? And I said, let's do this. And I did. So. And then you were happily ever after. Nope. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. Maybe someday. Um, all right. Worst job I ever worked at. So I, I gave this some thought and I've gone to work at places and hated it 
and knew I was going to hate it, so I didn't stick around. I didn't count any of those. So I went with something I did consistently that in the end, I like worst job I ever had was definitely being a bank. When I was doing the bank teller role and I was thinking about what it was about that job that one, that is a painfully boring job, painfully boring with other jobs. You know, you can be entertaining. You can entertain yourself, uh, you know, at the hotel. I focused on what I was supposed to do, but like, you know, you could you can kind of surf the Internet and stuff during your downtime. You can't do that at the bank. All the computers are locked from. The only thing you can do is go on the bank's website. And you can't do anything else. You can't leave your station unless you you actually have to, like, close up your station to go to lunch. So you can't just you can't walk around. And it's a, quote unquote, professional environment. So everybody is was always older, more conservative, not my type of people I can joke around with like, like you guys. My usual sense of humor isn't going to fly here. Nobody, none of these people share my interests because a lot of them were old. Plain don't have anything in common, ladies. So it was just a boring, boring job. And all you do is you just handle money, just handle money and count money and do math all day. It's all you do. And after I left and I reflected on it and I realized how happy I was to not be doing it anymore. And I realized how much I hated it. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, having bankers hours were nice, but it's not worth it to work something like that. It's not worth it. So. It'll be good all the holidays off. Not worth it. It's too boring. I like I like jobs where I can either if I'm going to be stuck in one place, like at a hotel front desk, at least I can entertain myself. At the very least, I can change the TV and watch TV. You know what I mean? Right. But you can't you just can't do that at a bank. And then other jobs like warehouses or delivery jobs, I'm on the go. I'm always moving. I'm always doing something so that the hours fly by. But yeah, I, I will never be a bank teller again. Easily the worst job I ever <sighs> Yeah. Well Dan, you're my worst job was GameStop. My <laughs> best job was GameStop. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll focus on what you didn't like specifically. Things it- I didn't like about GameStop mostly was the phone stuff, uh, which was good because the people, most of the people I worked with knew it and took care of it instead. While I did other work that they didn't care for. And that's what oh, yeah. you really need to find is you need to find people who can cover for each other in the things that they don't care for or just or can't do or can't do well. And right. we kind of covered pretty well there. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. And then there's you know, the problem customers. But the thing is, there's like three of them. But you knew that you knew you saw them coming. Yep. And everyone knew who they were, and everyone was braced and ready for it. Because yep. the Hummer guy who parked right in front of the store, violating the fire lane, and he and somebody asked him once why he goes there because because he can't park in the parking lot because he has enemies. And I was like, I can understand because if I gave half, you of have, I would have enemies in here. <laughs> I have enemies. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're part of them now, so. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, that would be the worst. I think the worst I, part of working at GameStop from for me was like having to sell those subscriptions to people that nobody wanted. Yeah, I sold. I was I worked at GameStop for eight months. I sold like three. Mm. Yeah, that was the thing that they, that we were always pressured at the hotel was to try to get people to sign up for the rewards programs. Yeah, I'm just like I don't want to do that. It sucked. We were required and to get the like one 10. time I got scolded by a customer because I fucked up because I gave the spiel. The person said, yes, I didn't get to the point where it's $15. And I got yelled at by a customer and I was like, shit. Yeah, I fucked up. They said yes. And so I did it and I didn't get to do the important part. Ugh. That's not well, fucking. Don't up. agree to something. Yeah. <laughs> well, then don't agree to something unless you know if you're going to pay for it or not. I, th- there's still some of that has to fall on the cup. Sorry, sorry, people, but customers are not always right. Yeah. Like I've I've thought about it too. I'm like there are, there there's always going to be a something at a job that you're not fond of doing. Like like Eric knows the parks we had our positions we liked and didn't like, but I never hated any of those jobs. But yeah, being a bank teller that was that was just ugh. I wouldn't want to do that again. And I definitely wouldn't want to do what you did, Eric. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. Fast food in general sucks. Right? Like, yeah. I, it's not it's not my thing. Uh, I, I'm not going to say any job is bad, per se. But that one was bad. And, like, nobody... It's awful because, like, we're even working at GameStop and we got super busy. It was all right. But I gotta imagine if you're cooking and making food and it's super busy, which if you were the last thing before an airport, that is the entire day. Yeah, it was nonstop from like the moment. So it was it was calm between five o'clock in the morning till about eight thirty in the morning. Right? You'll you'll yeah, probably that's get when planes start showing up and taking off. Yeah, once it hits eight thirty, I kid you not. It's nonstop it, until 10, 11 p.m., right? Yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit. And it was a 24-hour McDonald's, but we literally would just, like, th- there was no point in stop serving breakfast at 10.30. We would serve breakfast until about 11.30, and then we would also start lunch at, like, 10 o'clock. So, for an hour and a half, we have both going because the line is so fucking long, you have no idea when they actually got in line. So they literally could order anything. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, you want to do another question? Maybe one that's not as aggressive. <laughs> uh, this one does have to do with food, though. This one comes from our friend Matt Hardman, host of the Race Nerd podcast here on CKCC Radio. If you had to choose one restaurant to eat at for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? One restaurant. One restaurant. To eat at for the rest of my life. And why? Yep. Panda Express. Oh, yeah? Panda Express. Because they have different kinds of meat. You could get rice or lo mein. And their menus constantly change every once in a while. They just add new things. 
hey, it has to be a place that's diverse because even even if it's your favorite burger place, you're gonna eventually not want to have a burger. Exactly. Eventually, yeah. Uh, I would pick the local diner. The night and day diner in Lancaster would be my choice because I can get every everything. They have everything. So my variety is there. Plus, it's a diner, so the portions are plentiful. Plus, it's a diner, so it's kind of like just your mom's cooking for you. <laughs> yeah, kind of. In a way. In a way. Giant pancakes, plate-sized pancakes. Yeah. So. And I might go for the diner that we went growing up. That's really good. Yeah, but you're right. It has to have variety. If yeah. I have to pick a restaurant and I have to eat there the rest of my life, it's got to have a, a varied. Because I know some people be like, I could eat pizza and for the rest yeah. of my life and be happy. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> there, <laughs> no, has you can't. Be, there has to be a good beef dish, a good chicken dish, a good non-meat dish, a good pasta. Like, mm-hmm. And so, so that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a Chinese restaurant, maybe. Or like an or, Applebee's yeah. or something. Yeah, or Asian fusion where there's, you know. What if you really want a burrito? Yeah. Well, tough shit. You better learn how to make a burrito out of rice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So maybe I go for like, like Longhorn Steakhouse because you can get vaginas there. You can get a good chicken. You can get a good steak. You can get a good burger. Yeah. You do so not pick here. Mexican restaurant because it's all the same regardless already. Even though I love me some Mexican food and some burritos and tacos and stuff like yeah. I, I I can get that feel with a fajita, you know, mix it up for most of a while. Yeah. So like that's what I would probably go with is like a Longhorn if we're going like a chain. But yeah, like good gollies. The place where we go when I was growing up, that place, that that diner. Mm. Right off of 81, baby, Central Square. I mean, my thing is I'm a big sandwich guy. So you give me a chain that has a lot of a lot of variety for sandwiches, and I'm probably that. So I can always go for a hoagie. But yeah, it would ha- it has to be a diner. It has to be it has or something with a diner like menu. I mean, oh, there are, ch- know, there are chain also, diners. Also, this the uh, important part is the the occasional big salad. Yeah, I do like I do love me a nice big salad sometime. Okay, actually, actually, you know what chain I could probably eat at the rest of my life and not have an issue with? Honestly, Panera Bread. They have enough variety including the big salads and everything. They've got good meat choices. They have unique combinations and they've got a bakery. And okay. there's the soup. There's I, all the different soups. Yeah. And all the soups. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. whatever reason, I thought Chipotle when you said Panera bread, like it was clear as day that you said Panera, but I still thought Chipotle. I'm like, we just talked about this. No, you don't go Mexican food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Panera, because then there's all the baked goods too. Right? Yeah. And it's more bread. There's the cookies and the cakes and the, Pies and yeah, Jesus Christ, Chipotle! <laughs> Just like you're gonna bleed out your <laughs> ass. Do a Mexican for the place rest with, of your a, with a Southwest Grill, obviously. Well, <laughs> you know what's funny about that, Eric? Here in Lancaster, do you know where the nearest Chipotle is? It's no. across the street from a Panera Bread. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you were local, I could understand your. Con- 
But you're not, so there's no excuse. My Panera is within a mile of my house, and the Chipotle is like another mile away. (laughs) They're so good, though. Panera is good, too. Plus, I love their mac and cheese. I can get a Caesar salad and mac and cheese at Panera Bread, and that's an entire meal. And I'm happy. They do give you a lot of food there. It's like it's not a little amount. I've been to some restaurants where you order something and you're just like, oh, did I order just an appetizer? No, that's the main fucking course. Mm-hmm. You notice fancy restaurants do that a lot. They don't give you big portions. That's why I love my diners. Diners give you home cooking. <laughs> oh, I got an, another chain that would actually work. Cracker Barrel. That's a That would be a chain I could eat at the rest of my life. Yeah. Breakfast, chicken, beef. Yeah. Salads. Yeah. Good vegetable sides. Something like, yeah, if I was, if I have to pick a chain, it's going to be something like a barrel, an IHOP, a Denny's, a Perkins. It's got to be a diner type chain. That has to be my answer. A good question, Matt. You can always get us to talk about food. Oh, yeah. Always. All right. Let me do this other question from Brian, because I have an easy answer for this one. How do you like your coffee? He likes his black with a little bit of chocolate almond milk for flavor. How would you guys take your coffee? Hmm. I haven't had any coffee in like 15 years, I think. I used to go hardcore and do it for a few months and not take it for a few months. But much well, like you- much like the uh, Beastie Boys, I like my sugar with coffee and cream. <laughs> okay. What about um, you, Eric? Oh, man. Uh, two different ways, I guess. If I had to pick between, like, because there's hot and cold, right? So if I'm doing an iced coffee, then I, I'm definitely going to need a lot of, like, cream and sugar in there. And it's got to be, like, French vanilla. Um, okay. If I'm doing a hot drink, it's still going to be French vanilla. Uh, a dash of cinnamon and sugar and like a, a, a small little splash of cream. Okay. Because chances are if I'm having a hot drink, it's a cold fucking day and that cinnamon makes everything, I don't know, feel kind of odd to me. It's the pumpkin spice, but for men. <laughs> I thought... I thought cider was pumpkin spice, but for men. It is, but we're talking about coffee, and I can't put fucking cider in there. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can. You can. You probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, no. Typically, it's like a. It's an iced coffee, then I guess it'd be like a French vanilla frappe type of thing. The coffee culotta from uh, Duncan. Yeah. You like espresso? I do like espressos, but do I need more caffeine in my system? Why don't you put some Monster Energy drink in your coffee? I, you know, I would. Why don't you brew it using Monster Energy? Yeah, there you go. Instead of water. I I typically don't drink coffee, so my Monster would be my coffee replacement. (laughs) Dude, if you, I bet you if you drink that, you can see through time. If you brute the water was monster to start with. Dude, I, I love imagine it. the taurine would just make it taste so awful. 
I love the Futurama when they, they get their $300 tax rebates and Fry uses his to buy 300 cups of on the 300th cup. He just becomes, he like transcends time. He basically becomes Quicksilver and he saves everybody from a fire because he can move super speeds. I think we were rescued by an orange blur. <laughs> Ugh. Coffee. What a great show. They need to bring it back. Oh, I mean, I, again. <laughs> again. No, no it, I think they're good. It ended, per- it ended perfectly. Good. Let's leave it alone. No more Futurama. It ended perfectly. Let's let that one go. All right. How would Chris take his coffee? He wouldn't, is the answer to that question. You son of a bitch. I, I had to answer it. You have to answer it. <laughs> I I am answering it. My answer is I don't take it. I don't like coffee. I, I don't like, like the my taste coffee of it. like I like my women. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most coffee I will take is tiramisu. I do like tiramisu. It's not my chosen dessert, but that's as close as I'm going to get. I don't like the taste of coffee. I and anytime I've I have had some, all it's done is m- upset my stomach or made me go to the bathroom right. more than I wanted to. So you're more of a tea person, I'm assuming. I like tea. Yes, okay. I do like tea. So we're on the same boat. Like I, I will. Yeah. Yes, give me tea over coffee any day. Um, I don't take anything away from people who enjoy their coffee. It is not for me. So all the coffee that I am not drinking. All you coffee drinkers can have my cup. You're welcome. And I don't care if it makes you sound like a child. Give me a good old giant ass cup of hot cocoa any day. Some whipped cream in that thing. Mm. That's my hot beverage. It's a children's drink. You're a children's drink. Wow. Got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> um. We have a question here that's not really uh, personalized. So I'm going to save that for when we do a movie-based Q&A that we will actually probably do on the next Q&A segment. Uh, it's probably going to be movie-based. Um, so one other question we got here. This is this is a tough one. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Brian wanted to know, what do you guys think about the origins of human civilization? As far as what we were always taught in school... That the cradle of civilization, Sumeria, Crescent, and all that was where human civilization started. Because he says there has to be more to it. Modern humans have existed for 100,000 years. So how did we not figure out to start building cities or growing food until only 10,000 years ago? Because around 13,000 BC, there was a mass extinction event that killed off almost all of humanity. And... There are, there is, uh, it's called the Gobeki Tape, and it's proven to exist before Sumeria. It was discovered in modern day Turkey. So he's gotten, he's getting philosophical with, which is actually a good direction I would love to go on, though, is to get us into some deep philosophical questions. Kind of like what we did earlier about the science stuff, like with aliens and everything we've had. So as far as human civilization, like, and where we think it originated from, I think the evolutionary chain just started to create more humans and we were just more centralized in those 
warmer parts of the world because that's where our civilization was thriving. We were thriving in the warmer temperate climates. We weren't, you know, yeah, obviously humans can arise and scatter throughout, but what we know as far as who advanced furthest, it just so happened to be that that's probably where the most humans were and had the best access to resources. So... Without actually doing any research, I think that, yeah, we probably did arise in a lot of other places, but we have the best records kept from ancient Sumeria. Mesopotamia, all that stuff. And if that's where the best records are, then, yeah, it's going to seem like that humanity, right? Because that's where you can trace it. Now, I'm going to say something crazy, but but hear me out. I say we don't exist at all. And we're all part of some sort of weird cosmic consciousness. And everything that we're experiencing right now is a blip in time for like a a hot second of something greater. Oh, you're getting deep. Or or maybe it's the cost. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I am not. High enough for this discussion. <laughs> I, I like I want to do like deep dive questions like that. I think that would be a lot of fun because I think the three of us are smart. Would ever give us credit for. I, I feel like that's an episode teardown. I, I feel like that's a question that we would take on an episode and literally tear it down bit by bit, because that's not something we could just be like, oh, yeah, definitely go to like, you know, Panda Express. <laughs> there's there's no solid answer there. <laughs> well, no, but I think I think the general answer is that yeah, there I'm sure there's more to our history than we have records of keeping, but we can only follow what we had records of. I think that is the I think that's basically the that's that's really my answer and I'm pretty uh I re- Yeah, I I, agree I with really you. but I also agree like that we don't know anything like if you really think about it now i'm not saying this is true or not but all of our memories could have been created two seconds ago and backfilled with all this shit from years and years of history or whatever last thursdayism shit last Dude. thursdayism that's yeah. the same replicants from uh last thursdayism is the theory that the world was created last thursday and you have no way of proving that everything that you have memory ever actually happened because it could have just blipped into existence. Correct. So we could only be we could only exist right now as we are. For sit, since last night, <laughs> since last night, since a week ago, and there's no way to. But that's the other thing. Um, if it's it's not worth looking at if it's not full. If you can't actually disprove it, then you're wasting your time on it. You can't disprove that theory in any way, shape, or form. So why even why even worry about wrapping your head around it? And honestly, if we did just blip into existence, who cares? Because we're here now and we're living. So But yeah, I I've heard I've heard of Last Thursdayism, which is what you basically described. And yeah, it, it's a real theory. But I don't think it's uh it's not something that's it's worth not, really yeah. yeah. But I mean it's still there and it's fun to think about. Oh yeah. 
it's I, I like I like crazy theories like that. They can be a lot of fun. Um, but <clears throat> with other things like uh, like like back theories and things like that and where did we come from and everything. One of my all time favorite ones that I actually think is worth looking at is were the Egyptians so technologically advanced because they were visited by some kind of an ancient alien who introduced them to technology and then disappeared? You know, I don't think so. I think we are just, in, as a species, are incredibly smart and uh, they just happen to exist. And now that we're in an age where we have computers and everything like that, we think of our past selves as being dumber than what we actually were. And meanwhile, nothing has really changed. I think like our intelligence has been well, it's roughly the same, but our tools are anything better. Anything you want. If you have a million bazillion slaves. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I don't I'm not 100 percent sure. Like those were all slaves. Did they just like find some some sort of evidence that like that was just like a group project where everybody wanted to work on it or something? Not all not everything. Clearly some shit slavery, but like as far as where to build the, the pyramids and everything like that and how they line up and all this like stuff that we can't explain, like Stonehenge. Like we have the tools now, but they didn't have it then, but clearly they had some sort of way of doing it. Well, this is this is actually a good way to circle back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Is that when our brains can't comprehend something, we try really, really hard to make sense of it, even if there is no point in making sense of it. Like, like I can't wrap my head around the fact that the closer you get to the speed of light, the the more time actually s- s- uh, spe- speeds up, right? So, like, if I'm traveling at the speed of light, or close to the speed of light, I can arrive in the Proxima Centauri system in three and a half years from my perspective, even though it's been way longer than it's been like 40 something years mm. in actual time. I can't wrap my head around that, but it's a scientific fact that that's how time dilation works. So just because you can't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. And that goes back to what we we're talking about science. wise one of the last Capaldi episodes is about a giant spaceship that's heading into a black hole and how one of the spaceship, one part of the spaceship from the perspective of the other end of the spaceship is either slower than a snail or faster than the fastest thing alive. Yep. <clears throat> cause, cause time will actually slow down in the event horizon of a black hole. Well, yeah, that was another thing uh, I was watching where theoretically you would die before entering the, the actual black hole because of time itself. Like you would die yes. of old age before actually reaching the center. Correct. Which I find like mind boggling. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, it's like happened. falling into a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly be digested for a thousand years. So the Sarlacc pit was actually a blip of time. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there is a theory in in theoretical physics physics and everything that dark matter and dark energy is the result of a parallel universe pushing on ours. That's where that that dark energy is coming from. It's our universe touching another universe. And 
There's no way to grody, dude. Well, just wants a piece, bro. And that's what's so fascinating about everything. But like, I mean, it's it's hard enough to wrap your head around the fact that like the universe is 13 point something billion years old, but we're not even a quarter of the way through its projected lifespan. Right. Like the universe still has a really long way to go. But then even trying to comprehend the fact that one day the just die and nothing will exist anymore. Like trying to be like, well, there was a singularity. The universe was, well, how the hell does that work? What if we as a species exist to try and stop that? This is another thing that I was talking to. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. We, We were created to stop the universe from dying. That's a good one, dude. Look at this. Look how we're getting deep, man. Dude, we started this show to geek out about movies and video games, and now we're getting <laughs> we're becoming philosophers. Becoming. I mean, it it would make sense, right? Because it's it's always been about survival. Every we do what we can to survive. And if we know that the universe is going to end, why wouldn't we try to stop that? Because that would be the ultimate goal. That would be the ultimate survival. And it wouldn't right. just be us. It'd be every living thing. So we and Any species who has a comprehension of how science works will be trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, clearly we don't know how to do it now. Well, um, but, you know. I think, I think the answer is baby steps, right? Because, like, we have to figure out other stuff. The first thing we have to do is figure out how to eventually colonize another planet because long before the universe dies, the sun's going to die. Earth is going to die. So that the earth is going to die long before. Well, earth is going to die long before the sun does because the the sun has its illumination period where it's going to turn earth basically, and it will be uninhabitable, but it will also be the part where a photosynthesis before that happens, which means plant life is going to die. And that's going to wipe out a lot of life on the planet. So yeah. we have to figure out a way to conserve that and create that stuff in another another place, whether it's terraforming Mars or getting out of this system and going to another star system. Well, these are all the things we need to figure out. Or or we figure out because we got billions of years before the star ends up, you know, before it dies or whatnot. We either figure out how to keep it from dying and start locally. And then we pass on that knowledge to other intelligent life that will eventually meet because it's gonna happen i feel like it has to happen the odds of only roll like only flipping tails for the rest of your life every day it could happen yeah but come on probability yeah yeah. and that's just it that's another thing that we as a species need to get better at we need to get Better at understanding probability, causation, statistics. I, I said this already. We, we need to understand coincidences, things that are just coincidental. Like, and I, you know, like, oh, well, every day on my birthday for the past five years, there's been a thunderstorm. What does that tell you? That tells me that a thunderstorm happened on your birthday for the past five years. That's exactly what that tells me. It doesn't mean anything. Just that's how the weather happened to be that day. What's what? Well, when's your birthday? Uh, July 3rd. Well, guess what's frequent in the summer? And where do you live? 
Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do you live in, Florida? And you're going to tell me you're born in the summer in Florida and a thunderstorm happens on birthday every year? Wow. <laughs> that would be like Dan telling me that when he was living in New York every year, there was snow. Hey, Chris, when I was living in New York, <laughs> every year there was snow on my birthday. On your birthday. Bullshit. Because because <laughs> every year probability <laughs> suggests <laughs> probability suggests that that's the case just where, where you were living with those conditions and that time of year december 15th it had been snowing for six weeks already indeed <laughs> yeah i mean that's like uh i mean what are you gonna do you're gonna tell me that you were born on february 14th and be like, every year it's Valentine's Day on my birthday. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Some things are just coincidental. And I, I think that I like that as a species, we're curious. We want to know more. But there's too many people who think they know stuff. Like, you've, you've heard the thing that the wise, the wise person isn't the one who has all the answers. It's the one who keeps asking the questions. And I've always felt like... I've always been an inquisitive person. I like to I like to know stuff, but I like to know why things happen. When I feel like I'm learning something, I end up with questions. And I think that's the way it, a lot of us should be. Like, you know, with when COVID was happening, whose opinions did you trust? Did you trust the the advisors, the the World Health Organization, or did you trust your friend Facebook who was like, "Well, this article and this YouTube video here says that I shouldn't get the vaccine and that the virus is a hoax. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's all about it. That's what it's all about, though. And that's fine if you want to believe that the virus works. I got some bad news for you about what you're believing and whether or not it's true. But as long as you've got stuff that sounds good to you, you're going to you're going to buy into it. If you have that pre bias, right? I mean, I very, very badly want aliens to exist. I very badly want there to be intelligent aliens, and I want to be interactive. I badly want that to happen. That doesn't mean that when I see these freaking grainy-ass Navy videos that they suddenly released, or they're like, look at that. What is that? You know what that is? Grainy video. That's bullshit. That's <laughs> grainy-ass video of bullshit is what that is. That doesn't tell me a thing. Because just because you know something is the case doesn't mean that what you think it is is the answer. You look up in the sky and you see something you can't explain. Well, you can't explain it. So why do you suddenly believe it's an alien spaceship? You literally just told me you can't explain what you. <laughs> so, you know, what you saw something you can't explain. <clears throat> I badly want there to be aliens and I badly want them to have access to us and have been visiting us right now. But. Odds are that is not the case. And whenever something comes up that that excites me, like they had that one star where it was like, oh, it would diminish by like 22 percent. And they're like, there's a chance that there's an alien superstructure orbiting it. And then it turned out it was just a binary star. It was the other star that they were seeing something else blocking. It. It's like, well, son of a bitch. But that's that's what it is. That's you to get the answer you want to get. You know, get the answer you want to get. You have to uh, you have to disprove the other stuff. Yeah, I, I want there to be aliens. I want 
shout out to our friend Jeff Trellowitz here. I want the, the existence of ghosts to be proven. I want there to be more to this life when you pass away. And I believe that they're, they probably exist, but I can't prove it. I can't definitively prove it. So even though I want to believe it, that doesn't make it the truth. You want to believe? Yes. The truth I want is out to there. be. I want to be Mulder, damn it. <laughs> I want to be Mulder. I want to believe. I want to believe in this stuff. But you have to also, you have to have the, you have to have the mindset to be able to challenge your own preconceived notions of things. If you have a belief system, regardless of what it is, if you truly want the earth to be flat, you're going to look for every evidence possible to support theory. And anytime somebody can refute that, you're going to reject it and you're going to find a reason to reject. It. To me, that's not critical thinking. I'm sorry, but the independent thinkers out there, you know, the I did my own research type of people, to me, they're actually dangerous because they present these false truths and do whatever they say, whatever they want based on evidence that supported what they believe, but they don't consider the source of the evidence or I can go on. I can go on YouTube right now and actually find videos that can that will tell me the earth is flat and use what they conceive to be science to prove their point. Don't. And if I I watch one of their <laughs> videos, it's fucking dumb. There's, I know there was this one guy. He literally just took a level and brought it onto a plane as it was flying, and he's just like, "See that? It's leveled." <laughs> like, are you joking? Yeah, that's because that's what thing. happens. That's what happens when you're too stupid to understand the thing you don't believe in, right? Like, okay, I'll give I'll give you another perfect example, and uh, we are running long here. I won't rant too much here. But you guys got me going, so. Well, I got me going. What am I talking? Anyway. So, okay, weather, right? Everybody loves to rip on weathermen because they're always changing their minds. How you check the forecast and then, oh, 30 minutes later, now it says it's going to rain and then it doesn't. And then, what liars, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not liars. You know what they're doing? They're actively updating their information based on the new information they're getting because weather is the single hardest thing on the planet to predict. We are still working on how to predict it. We have ideas with how the air is colliding that could cause bad weather and the conditions are there. But that doesn't mean it's a guarantee it's going to happen because weather is hard to predict. Just because you don't like the fact that it's hard to predict doesn't make the weatherman stupid for telling you things that didn't end up coming true. Oh, well, you know, they said there was going to be a foot of snow and we only got an inch, so. What a bunch of friggin' liars. Like, would be nice to, you know, get paid to lie all the time. You want to get paid to lie all the time? Become a politician. Yeah, I'll rant. I'll rant a little bit more. <laughs> but seriously, come on. <laughs> That's uh, this episode's of Chris's TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's scientifically proven that weather is hard to predict. So what you're getting are the best guesstimates based on the information that they have. That's why they have percentiles. That's why they're when they're like, it said there's an 80 percent chance of rain and it didn't rain. What a liar. Yeah, because guess what? It was 80 percent. You know what 80 percent of something means? There is a 20 percent chance it wasn't going to rain and you got lucky. Plus, maybe it rained a mile away from you. Our 
our zone that we cover is half of your fucking state. Yes, that's true, too. I mean, there are times when <laughs> there were times when I was working in the warehouse eight minutes away from my house, which is like I think I think I did the math on the mileage with it's like five miles. And it was downpouring to the point where I couldn't hear myself think in the warehouse. It was completely dry at home where my wife was. Completely yeah, uh, dry. My, my best friend and I, we lived like maybe two miles apart and the weather would be wildly different all the time. It's just it's how it works. <clears throat> but because you, meaning the per- the dumb person, can't understand and comprehend that doesn't mean that. Oh, well, they were wrong. No, they weren't wrong. You just can't comprehend what's going on here. And once we as people understand where we're wrong and seek to correct ourselves, I don't, I think there's no telling us how much we can really do with with our lives. Like, I, you know, like if you if you prove something wrong to me, you present me with information to prove. I'm not stubborn. I'm not going to sit here and try to write the whole time and that your information was false. That's arrogance. That's that's total arrogance. That's a that's a personality flaw, (laughs) big time personality flaw. No, what's actually happening is you have presented me with information to prove to me I'm wrong. Now, I can be an arrogant asshole and ignore that or I can recognize it and understand that my information was corrected. And if everybody did that with something, think about how far off we could be. Think about how much more we could get along. And I want to thank everybody who gave us feedback on previous episodes who've actually liked the because I've gotten some positive feedback on People have genuinely enjoyed these little TED Talky style rants. So if you guys want more Q&A stuff about that, I'm all for it. But I think next week we'll keep it a little more lighthearted based. No, fuck Q&A that. Session. Next time, we're talking about the universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> Life and love and other mysteries. The universe and Charizard. Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Thank you for coming to our nerd talk. <laughs> Uh, guys, check out all the great stuff on CKCC Radio at CKCC.com. Check out our partner podcasts, Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian. Uh, Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. What are you guys discussing lately, Eric? Uh, we haven't recorded uh, last week and I probably won't do anything this week because of busy schedules. Um, but we we still are talking about Sword Art Online. I think we're sticking more to like anime and stuff like that. So we'll, I think we're going to do a, a, a deep dive in all the anime that we're currently watching and recommend uh, new anime for other people to watch. Yeah, I've been I've been getting Sword Art Online recommended to me. So um, when I finish Yu Yu Hakusho, there I might move on to that. I have some other shows I want to I want uh, I want to catch up on the boys so we can talk about it. So I know you guys have recommended that. I think I'm going to do that after you, Hakusho. But I will I will get back to anime. Uh, actually, soon. before, well, no, the boys is still good. I was going to recommend that you watch the, the Watchmen show. Uh, especially for tomorrow being Juneteenth. It's a great show. 
and it has a lot to do with uh I don't want to spoil it. Just, just, it's a good show. You should watch it. Dan, have you seen it? No, I have not. All right, Watchmen show, fucking awesome. Just do I need to have seen the movie? No, but okay. if you've seen no. the movie, it would. I mean, everything will make sense in the show. Honestly, all time. right. They do a pretty good uh, job explaining everything. Oh, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well watch the four hour version. I mean, I sat through the Snyder Cut. I can watch. True, but you don't need to see it for the show. I will say that. Okay. But maybe I'll try it just so I've seen it and then, yeah. All right. Uh, Patreon.com uh, club kayf- slash club kayfabe to sign up for only $5 a month. You get bonus content. Uh, we've been discussing other shows instead of just doing the, the wrestling themed show, which is the only main show that's happening at week uh one idea dan go ahead and present your idea to eric what you had because i like uh, this idea watching uh, us covering a movie trilogy or a duo duology or a quadrilogy like all three of us take a couple weeks to watch all of lord of the rings and then we'll discuss it for a special yeah. patron episode Bit bonus patron nerd table content which i think people would really enjoy oh Do i like it down. i like real it. like real like deep dives into that stuff too now I just need to get a, a Blu-ray player so I can watch Lord of the Rings. I don't actually have a DVD uh, or a Blu-ray player right now. Uh, HBO Max has extended editions. They do? Yep. Yep, yes. they do. All right. Which sucks because Peacock has The Hobbit, but not extended. <laughs> I've got that on Blu-ray. Wait, Eric, don't you have a PS4? Yeah, you know, you know it doesn't work. <laughs> don't you have a PS5? No. Damn it. I saved the uh, enough I money. Have a PS5. <laughs> I saved I the money for a PS5 and didn't get it. I saved my money for a graphics card and then uh, they don't have any. So I'm just never going to buy another console or graphics I mean, at least card. You saved your money? No, I didn't save my money. I ended up just buying a lot shit of Chinese luck, food. and I got a PS5 by Christmas. Dude, the thing is, it said that I had it reserved at Best Buy, and then when I got there, they had too many reserves. So, I got my money back. Dude, the worst story I ever heard about something like that was when the Wii came out. Remember when the Wii came out and they purposefully didn't make enough? So, I heard that uh, a guy went and he was second in line. And what did they do? They did a lottery. Put your name in the hat. The five people whose name gets picked get the Wiis. And he didn't get a Wii. And he was second in line. I would have flipped out. I would, Dude. Have been, I would have flipped. I would have flipped out. No, they should have done first come first serve. Yeah, that's that's some that's some horse shiz right there. Yeah, well, <clears throat> so yeah, let us know uh, some kind of some fun bonus nerd table content. Uh, I've also considered possibly doing the re not the restream, but the. Uh, the, the, what's it called now? The cast app, and the three of us could actually watch the movie together and on it and do that for patron. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be Once really we hard to do for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> dedicate four hours of our day. I mean, we'd have to actually plan it in advance, yes, yeah. but we could we could do it. Well, we could start with some shorter stuff too. 
Maybe we could start with like Disney movies or something, you know, something that doesn't have a lot of length to it. Pick something, uh, you know, movies that run 90, 90 minutes or so. And then we can we can use that as a test. Maybe we can do a couple of like a couple of TV shows or something. Maybe we could test it with Clerks Animated. That's only that would be super easy to get through. True. And then, yeah. All right. So let us know what you guys want to see. And uh, thank you guys again for all of your awesome support. To I'm going to probably dissolve the Facebook page because I'm not doing anything with it. But I'm going to keep the group up. Facebook.com slash group slash the nerd table pod or go to the groups. Search for the nerd table fan community. Check out our little banner. It has Vash Deadpool and Homer Simpson on it. It's how you know you've come to the right place. Uh, we did that as a as a thing where it's like each of us is going to character. And every now and again, I'm going to update the banner and put a new character up there. And we'll pick new characters. It's usually based on something that we've been watching recently. Or, uh, well, in Eric's case, he just loves Deadpool. Oh, he just yeah. went for Deadpool. <laughs> hey, maybe we, could, we could even make Deadpool the test, the test run movie. It is so. a good movie. Yeah, so there, there's a lot. There's a lot more we can do, and uh, I want to. I want to start really working on the patron stuff, the YouTube stuff, and everything. We're we're working on it, but we all have changing schedules and unpredictable stuff happening. So just stick with us, though. We're going to keep giving you the show, and we will we will get to where we want to get to sooner rather than later. Okay, die. So do me a favor, guys. Go be good to one another. And uh, who's hungry? I'm starving. <laughs> All right. We're going to sign off before Eric dies of starvation, but we will see you guys next week on the nerd table. Take care. See ya.